Hello and welcome to the Beehive Jive. This is a podcast about beekeeping hosted by two beekeeping friends, Paul and Tracy, um, and we are based in South London. Um, in this episode, we're going to discuss swarming, the big topic at the moment, um, and we're going to ex- we're going to share our own experiences of everything to do with swarming, from finding that first queen cell. And you freak out a little bit um, to splitting a colony to try to stop it swarming to collecting swarms and hiving swarms when it all goes wrong. Um, we've got a simple method. I think we both use the same method, don't we? We do. Of splitting. Yes. Yeah. So we can talk about con. that. Yep. Absolutely. Um, but first, Paul. Hello. What's happening in your apiary? Um, so my apiary is doing rather well. So uh, what I think... One of them's sick. You've seen the sick one, haven't you? I saw the sick one. They're a bit sick. Yeah. They were a lot sick. So they're, they're I think they're just poorly. Um, so they'll be getting lots of love and care and attention and bumped off. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they're, no, they're, just, they're just weak, weak bees. But it's not, it's not, it's nothing serious. It's just a minor brood disease, but which is quite prevalent. Yeah, you but could you could just requeen them and. I mean, the thing is, you bees, can't shock swarm them, can you? No. On, they need clean comb. And also, there's only there's probably enough bees to put in a coffee cup, so they're kind oh, of just stuff just them. Let them <laughs> stuff them. <laughs> such such just, empathy. Just yeah, take away the hive and let them deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will find a way to uh, reuse them somewhere else. So mm. I've, got, I've got that. I've got um, uh, I've got a new nuke, which is seems to have the world's worse following bees so i'm going to be using those bees for queen rearing not mm. the queen but i'll be using the bees in mating nukes and this last week was it we, you yeah. and me went up to the apiary and we learned to graft well i learned to graft you you know how to graft you're like speedy gonzales of grafting i was speedy but i didn't have a very good result but yeah so i said let's talk about it for a minute so grafting is one of those skills in beekeeping that's got mythical you have to be some sort of beekeeping ninja to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that until someone showed me the graft and I thought, oh, actually, it's not as difficult. So how long did it take you to learn how to graft to the point you actually crafted? About 20 minutes. Yeah. And and that was without my glasses on. <laughs> I so mean, it gra- is... you grafted by touch. <laughs> yes. Using the force. Sensing the force, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the bee Jedi. <laughs> You're the ninja. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I... I'd be Tracy. <laughs> if only. Um, I, I thought it was great. Um, I'm, well, we're going to do it at my apiary. I want to try. Next week, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I've got all my stuff. Got your bee Lego. Got my bee Lego. Got my frame. Got my queen rearing. I've chosen the colony that's going to rear the cells. Yeah. There are two colonies I'd like to graft from for their genetic traits. Um, so yeah, I'll take your advice though about how to do it because I, that was my only experience. In fact, I've never done any systematic queen rearing ever. I've always just used swarm cells from good hives to requeen. Yeah, that's good. You could do that. Yeah, but if you want to do the general assessment of the British Beekeepers Association, which I really do want to do, you have to have been doing a systematic method of queen rearing. Actually, I don't. I'm not sure I really agree with that, but. I think it's good to push yourself into new areas. I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't want to do the exam and if you hadn't already done it and said it's possible. Yeah, I think it's that, easy. I think 
So, I mean, we 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 put we did some graphs. I mean, I checked them last yesterday. None of them taken. So I'm going to go back up there tomorrow and regraph the whole frame. Uh, normally, I get I'm not the world's greatest grafter. Normally, I get about sixty percent take so out of twenty. I'll get twelve. That's good. Well, it's good enough for me. I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, you don't want hundred queens. I'm not a professional queen rearer, so it's good enough for me. But I think. Um, so you went through the same same stages I went through, right? Which is A, I can't bloody see the lava you're talking about. To B, this Chinese, Chinese grafting tool's rubbish. To C, yeah, I, yeah. oh yeah, it works. And then how do I get it in the cell? And once you work out that the grafting tool and the lava are kind of magnetic, they once you touch each other, they I stick think that to was it. The, yeah, that was the kind of, you know, light bulb moment where I realised I didn't have to scoop it. I just had to kind of touch it, just gently touch, and it and it it came away. But having said that, I mashed quite a few of them. Yeah, you did. I I really saw. I felt. I feel like some kind of killer, and also, the weather has been so so dry, and also cold and cloudy. I really think that's influenced. Yeah, it could be. I, I do think that's that's played a part. What, with the not in the taking? result, yeah. No, I don't think it matters really because you, you always got. I mean, I'll go. I'll go up there tomorrow. I'll easily find two frames of lava from the, the hives I want. I'll re-graft it, slap them back. Oh in. yeah, well you can do it again. Exactly. Yeah, it's not. But don't they prefer to raise queens when there's a flow on? Probably. Although and they and they ha- It's been really poor. It's been very dry, isn't it? Yeah. It's all about drought now. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's raining a bit today. It's raining. It's not proper rain, though, is it? No. So? It's mizzle. Mizzle. <laughs> What's mizzle? Misty drizzle. Oh, it's an Australian term, or is it just no. one you made up? It's just one I made up, but I may have heard it somewhere. You've got your own language, It's not copyright. You've got your own language, like a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Nothing. So, yeah, so we did grafting, um, and... Uh, yeah, it was quite good, wasn't it? It took, took you about 20 minutes, and then we're yeah. going to try... At my apiary next weekend. But I think you'll find that. So that's what happened. So when I learned, I went on a course to learn to graph. Mm. Um, first afternoon, we went out and got a frame, sat in a little like, teaching room, me and this one other person that went on the course. So it was great. There's only two of us. Same thing, right? Started off with a massive lava that you couldn't graph queens from, to get, get, so you can get it on the tour. Then the little ones, you, you've got to use the very tiny ones. Yeah, I did the same thing. I turned them into lava mints. Uh, and then um, after about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you think, actually, this isn't that difficult. And because we mm. use the Nikot cup kit system, um, it's just, I find them easier because you've got, you can buy 10,000 of those cups. Yeah. I bought the smallest packets and I've got so many <laughs> So we just graph. So instead of using a Nikot cassette where you have to put the queen in, we oh, just graph. Of course, it's the same components yeah, of that, yeah, isn't it? Graph. And what I like about that is one, you can take it apart, and and two, it's got those really good hair 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 rollers cages. Because mm. what I find on the frames is is that because everyone shows pictures of these frames, you got these perfect queen cells hanging on the frames. Whenever I do it, they draw lace comb. They, yeah, they, they, they yeah. And I, maybe that's because I haven't got yeah. enough. Um, I've got them too. I've got 10 per frame, so may, uh, 10 per bar, so maybe I've got them too far apart. But what I find is I, I just go through and put those. Once they're capped, I'll try about two days, I slap, I slap the queen cages on, close them, mm. that stops that happening. So, mm. yeah, I thought, I thought it was quite good. I thought we came away from that thinking this is achievable. Yeah. 
Well, I like learning. That's the thing. I like learning new stuff. I guess that's what got me into beekeeping in the first place because there's always, always something to learn. So, you know, having heard about this mythical grafting for years, to actually be doing it, I thought, okay, I, I am moving forward. It is possible. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I did. So what are you yeah. doing in your apri then? So my bees uh, started swarm preparations about a month ago. So I did my splits, yeah, a month ago. <laughs> um, all the queen cells in the, all the queen cells that I left, have hatched. Um, so I'm waiting for those queens. I've seen them. I checked that the cells had hatched. I've seen some of the unmated, I suppose, queens. Um, my concern is because the weather's been so rubbish. It's been windy and cold and even though it hasn't been raining, it's not been ideal for getting queens mated. So I'm, I'm monitoring that closely because I'm worried that some of them might be going a bit stale. If they are, it's no big drama. I'll just reunite them um, with the original queens because I'm going to have plenty of queens, aren't I, in I six weeks' so. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the main thing. But then the other thing I've been doing is collecting swarms for people. Um, I think a lot of beginners struggle with it, uh, struggle to control the process. I, I certainly did. No, I it took me about three years to actually get my head around it because there's a lot that you have to learn from experience. You can't just get it from the books. So yesterday I collected a massive swarm, the biggest I've ever collected, um, which happily I've been able to keep. So I'm really excited about that. Um, You're saying you lose swarms, they kind of leave. I mean, I have, I have hived swarms before that have then buggered off the next day, yeah, but I it's raining know. today, so, they're, <laughs> <laughs> so they can't. Well, so I, I was told um, the best way to prevent that is to lock them in until mm. the queen starts laying. Because when mm. she starts laying, when she's on brood, yeah, they won't move. Because um, I've lost one. I mean, I, I think I've only ever had one leave. But I don't really, like I said before, I don't, I'm not a great fan of catching swarms just because I don't mind catching the swarms. It's normally the people's gardens they're in that I don't like. Yeah, I, I had to cut this guy's holly bush down. I felt really bad. It was... The swarm went right back into the... It was massive. But I'm actually, that's true. What you just said is that... Um, like, if you can give some drawn comb so she can start laying straight away, once they've got that brood pheromone there, they're more likely to stay. I'd forgotten that. But I have given her some drawn comb and maybe I'll put a frame of brood in there from, from another hive. I don't know. But... Um, Do you put in a hive or you... A hive, I put them in. They, they're massive. They're in a... a Jumbo National Hive. Wow. I mean, there were so many bees. Three bees It was nice. so exciting. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I was so excited. Well, so I, I caught a swarm yesterday. Oh, did you? Oh, what? It, it, it just moved in. It moved in. Yeah. <laughs> That's cheating. That's Paul. how you do it, though, isn't it? Isn't that the, That's the, how you do it. You yeah. seem to have some kind of magic attraction where bees just come to, to your hives and move in. I've got smelly hive boxes. Well, that, that one was a nuke the week before and I'd hived it. So maybe, I don't know why, maybe it... I don't think it's a swarm for mine because all, all bar one's clipped. So unless they swarmed out and then walked into it because it was on the floor. Mm. But it was. everyone says, oh, they've got to be so high off the ground. Swarm traps have got to be so high off the ground, it'll be this size. I wasn't planning to use this, so it was on the floor. It was literally in the grass. <laughs> so yeah. they've moved into it, into the grass, with the entrance on the ground. So 
and, and like there was no um, swarm lure no, no, it was or just anything em- in there. It was just <clears throat> a piece of equipment. And foundationless frames. So there wasn't even a wax in there. It must have just smelled of bees because they That's were... That's nice. It was just, well, yeah, so... It's I've, nicer when they choose you <laughs> <laughs> rather than having me come and scrape them out of a tree. But, yeah, my bait, my bait hive this year, it's the first time I've kind of got organised enough to do one. I, lots of bees have shown an interest, but it's actually got mice living in it. Um, oh, so you call something with your bait hive. I know, well, yeah. I'm going to have to, I think... Mickey and Minnie are in there. I need, I need to get someone to come and sort that out because I can't go anywhere near it. I'm terrified. Why don't you, is this the pigeon all over again? <laughs> so what, Do you know? What? Well, yeah. Yeah. That's an inside joke. But as, as you and possibly your, hopefully, your lovely wife are coming to see my apiary next week, um, maybe it, you, you can sort it out. You've got mice in the hive? In the bait hive. What, what's the bait hive? Is it a poly hive? No, it's a, it's a wooden hive. It's a smelly old just, wooden... Just lift the brew box off and kick it. They'll, they'll come flying out. No, I couldn't... No. What? I hate mice. I can't... I, you know, they know I'm there and I, I, they wait until they think I'm not looking to run up into the hive. Isn't... There's a screw in my garden. Isn't... isn't aren't you from Australia? Isn't your national sport wrestling alligators? Or crocodiles? <laughs> crocodiles, You can't yeah. handle mice. Crocodiles are fine. Snakes <laughs> and crocodiles are fine, but not mice or moths. No. <laughs> the two things associated with beekeeping. Or pigeons. All right. So okay. I'll, I'll come and kick you high for you. Okay, thank week. you. Thanks. Anyway, so on to the main topic before we start talking about why the wildlife we snagged in our beehives. Um, <laughs> so we're talking about swarming, aren't we? We are. How to control it. How to catch them. It's that time of year. How, how to not be scared by the uh, swarming. Because I, I know when I first started, um, it, the swarm control was the... Well, I... So I caught a swarm, so I didn't have to really deal with swarm control that year. Because they're only a little swarm and um, they had lots of space, so they just built up. So my first year, I was paranoid about them starving. So I overfed them to the point where... I don't know, I think I put the national product of Brazil's sugar industry into my hive. Into your honey-bound hive. Yeah. Well, honey, in inverted yeah, commas, just, yeah. It, eventually, it was just a big sugar cube encased in wood. It was just it was all sugar. <laughs> We've all done it. Um, but the year after that, I know... That I really struggled with swarming just because I didn't really understand. Although, when you do your anyone's ever done a beekeeping course will do this is how you control swarms, mm. but there's some real subtleties and nuances to it, absolutely. Um, which are really easy just to either miss or not be told. And yeah, um, there seems to be a myth around the more space you give them, the less like it is they're going to swarm. So you know, people put loads of supers on their hives. Hoping, yeah, oh, I saw that supers, yesterday. Put eight supers on. Yeah. They're not going to swarm, and they are, so... Above, eight supers above a queen excluder. Yeah, I don't use queen yeah. excluders, so... Oh, don't you? No. Oh, no, of course you don't. I know that. Well, yeah, no, you don't. Um, no, I, I spoke to a beginner who... This beginner thought they'd give given the bees plenty of room because there were three supers of undrawn frames and foundation in there but obviously yeah it was a very big it's 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 understanding and i mean this is it's understanding the difference between small (laughs) swarm prevention and swarm control 
and because there is a lot you can do to kind of slow down the process or maybe change their minds about swarming and I think lack of space in the brood nest is such a massive issue if she's got nowhere to lay they're not going to be happy um so what I do is I'll take out a couple of combs and maybe of brood and maybe make up a nuke and give them some foundation or drawn comb or whatever just to give them more space but also the, they just get so congested at this time of year the brood nest go on so when you when you do your swarm control mm. so I think they probably worth pointing out ask talking about what you look for in the inspection right before you start doing swarm control so when you inspect a hive how do you know you think all oh, this hive might swarm so I'm looking at a brood box that's wall-to-wall brood, mm. brood on every frame, even the ends. It, so I'm, I'm talking about my bees. Yeah. So, and then... Um, Super bees. <laughs> well, allegedly. Um, we'll see, <laughs> won't we? Um, so, you know, when they've, when they've laid a jumbo hive end-to-end, it's obviously alarm bells are ringing. There's, you, you know, you have to assess how much space she's got there. In that situation, you just know there's nowhere near enough space. So you've got to give them more room straight away. Um, but the other thing is, it's just the population. Because when there are so many bees, I believe queen pheromone does not transfer around the colony in the same way. Um, and obviously queen pheromone is about cohesion of the colony. Mm. So if that's not being transmitted, everything starts to break down a bit and that can trigger swarming behaviour. So, I mean, I do make up nukes um, out of really, I guess it's not exactly splitting the hive. I don't know, is it? Maybe that's splitting a hive. Split, I guess. Yeah, so I'll, I'll split them into nukes, but I'll leave her mm. in there. Um, and my colonies don't always go through the swarming process every year but some of them do some of them so i look for brood i also look for mm. flow so what I, my, in, oh in, absolutely so yeah. in, my, in my mind if they're bringing in loads of pollen and loads of nectar that's a and there's loads of bees that's mm. a, the, the hives thinking okay well there's lots of food there's lots of bees mm. time to make more bees and then so if i see all those frames are wet and lots of pollen and i've got lots of bees I know it's going to swarm. It's going to, at some point, it's going to swarm, and then the the sort of thing I've always found really tr- problematic is finding queen cells because uh, queen cells annoyingly are the same colour as bees. Mm. And if you've got a big hive that's right. going to swarm, you can't see queen cells. That's it. And that's why you have to absolutely have to shake the bees off the frame. You don't yeah. know what's happening on that frame. And you'd be surprised how. I've found I found screen cells the size of my thumb yeah, hanging off the hidden, bottom of frames, yeah. which I only saw after I shook the bees off because the bees are all, it's moving. Think about when you look at a frame of bees; they're all the same colour as the, the wax underneath them. They're moving. Mm. It's really difficult to find. So I, I find when I inspect, and there's, there's so many layers of them because the colony yeah. is so full. So I, I when I do hive inspections now, I always shake the bees off the frames yeah because because now i can look at the because they they will hide them so i I was saying to you like the brother brother adam his his swarm control technique was to knock down all the queen cells and so they gave up swarming but the only way you can do that is you're really good at shaking the bees off and you're really good at looking at the hives well yeah i'm just making notes (laughs) brother adam sorry because i don't agree with that but obviously who can disagree with 
Well, you can disagree. Rather out of my, I don't. He's dead now. He's not coming to you. No, well, he's well. Depends if you believe in the afterlife or not. Um, so, <laughs> I. But I mean, to, sorry, I didn't. I don't think I said that clearly enough about prevention. So what I'm trying to do with prevention is read the signs mm. before they start producing queen cells, and to stop them producing queen cells to s- slow that down a bit. But you're right. If there's a flow and they're really congested, I mean, I would, I would almost, I would split the colony yeah. there and then. I wouldn't wait to see queen cells. But they're going to swarm, right? Because there's lots of bees well, and there's absolutely. lots of resources. So it's Although perfect some of time. mine don't. Some of mine seem to just manage that. I don't want to split the colony unless I have to. But with some of them, you just know you've got to. But you're absolutely right that. Um, this is something that I did every year for, like I said, my first three years. I would think that I would go through the colony and I would try to find queen cells, where the queen cells were. So you'd find the first one. You knew they were producing queen cells. Mm. Um, and I always thought I'd checked really, really carefully and I'd shaken the bees and I always missed some because I wasn't shaking all the bees off properly because they hide them. Um, and and then I think I'd done my swarm control and I'd chosen my one queen cell that I was going to leave and then I'd close the hive up and leave it for a month, like all the books, many of the books tell you to do that, close it and leave them. And, of course, they don't stop producing queen cells just because you've knocked them all down, yeah. as you know. No, they I will know. carry on. <laughs> well... And this is, this is the thing. This, to me, was the missing link. So we're talking about the artificial swarm, aren't you? We're t- okay, exactly. Right. Yeah, you're right. I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of you're myself. Getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> you're trying to... Explain what an artificial Give swarm Give me is. some structure, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for me for structure, we're in deep trouble. You, you explain. You, you so the, the, right, so the basis of all swarm control is to remove the queen, uh, separate the queen and the brood basically that's the concept is if you if you take the queen out of the hive or the brood out of the hive uh the the bees will will not swarm right so there's loads of methods of uh, swarm control but essentially it's the same thing separate the queen from the brood so the the queen that's now broodless will start making more brood and the brood that's queenless will make queens Right, so you separate the idea of an artificial swarm is you separate that. So the most common methods, the Pagden methods, where you you have two hives, you take I'm gonna remember this now, you take the queen. I don't do this because I'm too lazy. I don't do this, no. You take the queen but I have in the past. You take the queen out and then you take all the brood and you put on a hive next to it. Am I right? You put the hive you put the brood next to so you, yeah, right. you, you move the hive to one side. You do it. Go on. You talk Do, do you want me to do it? You do it because I can't I always get it wrong. You do it. Okay, I, and I don't use this method no. anymore. So basically you've got to have, when you've got a colony that's about to swarm, you've got to have a full spare hive fitted with frames and foundation. So you've got to have all that equipment over again. And you move the colony to one side and where the colony was, you put the, the empty hive, the new empty hive, and then you take the queen in the frame she's on and you put it in the middle make sure there are no queen cells on that frame and that's it and then all the flying bees come back to that site because and that kind of replicates the swarm right so and then the other colony that you've the original colony which is now called the parent colony 
you move three feet away and go through the process of selecting queen cells and destroying queen cells. And they, and they raise a new queen. Yeah. Yeah. So, all, I mean, there's different ways that you can do a, a vertical pangolin. So you do the same technique, but instead of in a separate hive, you separate, you split the, basically split the hive brute vertically. So you put another hive body above the hive body and you separate it with space and then you move the queen to the top. And she starts working up there, and you, you lead the ones at the bottom. But the, the, the process is always the same. You separate the yeah. bees from the brood. Um, and I used to use that method, and I always used to run into trouble because I used to find it just endlessly swarm. So yeah. Like, Hang on, I've done it. Why is it swarming? And the reason is it swarming, which is anyone who really, I mean, I don't really, obviously, you can tell, I don't really understand this method. I've tried it. I do understand it now. So the issue you get if you do a, um, an artificial swarm and you find that you're you're getting secondary swarms, that, that hive's still swarming, is because what they teach you, the most common teaching uh, sort of text is split the hive, look in the brood, find one queen cell, not the brood, not that, knock all the other ones down, close the hive, leave it for 20 odd days. You'll come back, that queen cell would have hatched, the queen would have mated, would have, it would have merged as they call it, the queen would have mated, she'll be laying. However, when you split the hive, when you move all that brood into a new box, you've moved eggs into that new box. So after three days, those eggs will hatch and the bees will make more queen cells. So even if day one, when you split it, you knock down all the queen cells, by about day three, they'll start making more queen cells because they've got eggs. So mm. you have to go back within a few days, maybe four or five days, and go back through the hive and knock down all the other queen cells because you will get... If you don't do that, they will just carry on swarming. If you've got a big hive, I, I remember I once I overwintered a huge hive. It was on double deeps. It was really big. And I was dancing. I thought, oh, I'm going to make buckets of honey. That thing did not stop swarming. And it's because mm. I didn't really understand that problem of when you split it, you move eggs. So... Yeah. Because if you've got more than one queen cell in there yeah. some bee some beekeepers say that so imagine you've chosen your queen cells the bees have made lots more queen cells but you don't know about it that first queen to emerge will do one of two things in my experience i think mm. she'll either cast which is leave with yet more bees so it's like a swarm but it's not the prime swarm or she'll run around and sting the other queens now, I've never had a situation where a queen has stung other queen cells. I've had situations where they've cast. Yeah. Is that right? Well, I guess you wouldn't know if they'd stung other queen cells. But I think, I think if you've got a really big hive, because remember, oh, hives you keep generally are much larger than the hives in the wild. So there's much more space in there, more bees. Yeah, that's I just think true. They can, I just think they can... It's easier to miss queen cells. But I'm with you. Like, that method... If you don't knock the queen cells down, I always get secondary swarms. I remember one I had, I went and it swarmed. So I hived that swarm. I came back the following week, the same time, and it swarmed <laughs> exactly the same place yeah. as well. So, okay. Um, so the artificial swarm, the benefit of the artificial swarm method, if you get it right, is A, you end up with two hives. And B, by putting the queen back in the original hive, you're allowing that hive to keep producing brood, right? Um, the disadvantage, I think, is is that it takes up a lot of kit. You need a whole spare hive. And you've got to move stuff around because actually there is a second part of the Pagden method, which involves oh, yeah, moving yeah. hives from one side to the other. 
to kind of rebalance the bees by getting flying bees. I mean, there's no way I could ever do that. I can't be lifting hives around by myself. Yeah. Um, but I, when I used to do Pagden, obviously it's, you know, your first year and you, you've got no experience, so you're doing everything by the book. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, as you said, there's a lot of nuance there that's, that can be lost in translation. Um, so, yeah, I, to me it was like swarm control for dummies. I just went through the motions without really understanding about the basic principle that, you know, you're saying about separating the queen from the brood. And I just found it inconvenient and cumbersome and I absolutely freaked my partner out by explaining I had to have a spare hive for every hive I had. (laughs) (laughs) Beehives taking over everything. Um, Yeah, you run into the beekeeping storage problem. Yeah, oh. It's in the house. The dining room starts (laughs) to become... Storage. Yeah. So, yeah, so... That's the that's the method that's taught almost everywhere, which is this idea of splitting, the, you know, moving the brood into a separate box, putting the queen back in the original box, letting that queen carry on laying, and then raising a new queen in the new hive. Um, and it works; it does work if you do it well. It does work. Um, if if you're in a position of having multiple boxes, um, which I don't really want to do, and don't have a sore back or yeah a broken ankle or anything you've got to be able you've really got to be able to move stuff around and actually can i say something about the vertical stuff um things like snellgrove and demery and methods um that involve swarming hives vertically mm. are really convenient if you're smaller a shorter space but obviously you have to lift that top colony down when you want to look at the one underneath Okay. And I found that difficult because also if you use jumbos, they're higher and they're heavier. Um, But space-wise, I thought that was quite good. Snellgrove, I'd messed up. I was hopeless. I completely messed it up. I tried it once and then I gave my Snellgrove boards to the local association (laughs) because it just was such a disaster. I didn't want to go there again. I've got an original copy of that book. Oh, have you? Mm. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Actually, I'd like to see that. Um, yeah, so have you read the book? No. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll into you. So that, it might explain something about why I got it so hopelessly. Oh, it's just you've got to open and close those little things very all the time. Oh, I can't, I just can't. We're not going to spell, explain this in Algo Revenant. No, no, no. We will no, provide a link not going to it if someone wants to try it, but you need a specialist piece of kit. So, um, yeah, so that's the artificial swarm method. So when you're looking for swarming, what you're really looking for is you're looking for the conditions that would be right for bees to reproduce, which is basically lots of bees, lots of resources being brought into the hive, time to swarm. Mm. Um, it's not, not necessarily, if you see lots of bees and lots of resources, it doesn't mean they're going to swarm, it means there's a higher risk of them swarming. Mm. And you should do weekly inspections because they swarm within nine days, allegedly. Um, and you should shake the bees off the frames to mm. look for swarm cells. If you don't do that, guarantee you're going to miss swarm cells. Guarantee it. Um, and then you you pick your favourite swarm method, and everyone's got a different view of this, and everyone, like beekeeping, some tell you absolutely wrong. But so you use the same method as I use. So how do you do it? How do you do your swarm control? I do. Okay, I guess the crucial thing for me, and this is another thing I learnt, when you find that first queen cell primed, 
you do the split there and then you don't knock them all down and come back a week later because you guarantee you've missed one and they'll swarm so I, and actually i don't it? it is completely rushing and i don't believe that knocking in my experience, knocking queen cells down repeatedly is not a method of swarm control. I think the bees actually get quite depressed by it um, and are not very productive or happy. The colony just seems to dwindle. Anyway, that's my opinion. Um, <laughs> when I find that first queen cell, well, it's easy. The answer is to have a polynuke ready. Polynuke. Um, which I actually did for the first time this year. I had my polynukes ready right there and then. So when I found that first cell, I was like, oh, okay, time to split. I went through, I found the queen. I took the frame with the queen on it, put it into the polynuke with uh, maybe another frame of brood about to emerge. So mm. it's going to boost the population. Um, maybe some a frame of pollen and honey um, and maybe a couple of frames of foundation you don't even have to fill the nuke box you can use the dummy board it can just be a two or three frame nuke and actually there's excellent information on dave cushman's website about um constructing two and three frame nukes in this way and he he talks about how it is a way of controlling or swarm control or prevention swarm prevention um so that's it for that colony i leave it actually the one thing i do that i didn't mention is when I take the frame with the queen on it that she's laying on it, I make sure there are no queen cells on it. So the, the nuke oh, cannot thing. have any queen cells on it. You have to check everything you put in there. So that's them closed up. Oh, no, I shake some bees in. Mm. I can't say I let it again. But so after I've constructed the nuke, I will shake a few frames. I don't know. It depends. Of, no, of nurse bees in there. So there are bees to look after the queen and raise the brood. Then I close them up and that's it. I go back to the big colony and I, I don't shake the frame straight away. I'll look through and see what queen cells I can see and kind of get a sense of where the best ones might be. And then I'll gradually start to shake and destroy until I've got one unsealed cell. I always choose an unsealed yeah, cell. Yeah, that's a good idea. I chose a sealed one once, which just didn't hatch. And so that, that I, think, I mean, that is a problem, right? So, yeah. um, I've had that as well, where you yeah, get a sealed you cell saying, yeah. and you think, oh, okay, that's, that's a nice, nice big cell. fat yeah. cell. Uh, six weeks later, it's still a big fat <laughs> cell, and you, you open it up and it's empty, or there's a weird. desiccated queen in there. So, um, yeah, just because you have a queen cell doesn't necessarily mean there's a queen in it. Yeah. <laughs> so, an unopened one. Yeah. With a nice big fat lava in there. You want to you want to see thing. it. Yes. Um so I'll leave that cell, mark it, but then exactly what you said, I'll go back four or five days later and there'll be loads more cells. And there might be a better one. Mm. Who knows? But I don't you know, those cells I think are really valuable for requeening other colonies as well as so like I had a colony which they were just horrible bees. Um, and I, I used a queen cell, I just cut it out and actually put it in one of those roller cages. Oh, okay. But upside down. Yeah. And she's hatched and she's getting on with it now. Well, the, the, the thing is, swarming is a good opportunity to do queen rearing from hives you like. So you can take the queen cells and the basically you do just split the thing, split the hive mm. four or five ways, right? So put a 
as queen cell from each frame just lift the frames the queen cells into multiple nukes um people don't seem to want to do that because because they're raising queens from the hives they like and there's this sort of emotional attachment of keeping the hive together yeah so you can get your head around the fact that you're essentially yeah, destroying so the hive true. destroying the hive but you're raising four or five queens from a really good hive if you can get your head around that um swarm control is a really good opportunity to raise more queens right it's just people very, get very a very emotional attachment to the box and they go, oh, well, that's my favourite hive. I don't want to split it. Yeah. But by splitting it four ways, there's a good chance you're going to end up with, they may not all mate, but you may end up, end up with two or three queens mm. from that queen you like. And you've still got the original queen because you put her in a yeah. nuke as well. So that's a, a really easy way of doing queen rearing. I wish but I'd done that last year. It's very resource intensive because you're mm. essentially taking the entire hive and breaking it into mm. smaller parts. But... If you, if you have a hive, you really love it, and it starts to swarm, and you think, I really want the genetics of that queen, seriously, consider splitting the whole thing into multiple parts. And just... Mm. sounds a bit weird about beekeeping. You've got to kind of try and have less emotional attachment to the It's scaling up, isn't it? So you're planning a year ahead. If I'd done that last year, instead of buying nukes, I'd have six really nice colonies now. And the queens from that colony, I mean, I've got one hive that's got four supers of honey on it at the moment. They're incredible. It, the difference between them and my other queens, I mean, you can see it because of the supers, mm. the height of the supers. But, um, yeah, but, I mean, if you, if you want to keep the colony together yes. for honey production, <laughs> that, see, that's what stopped me, was just the focus on honey, and I wish it hadn't. But, um, I just think people get really emotionally attached to the, and I the did. hive, right, rather than the stock. I was thinking, but she's my, that's my best colony. Why would I break it up? Yeah, but you'd have four of your best colonies. Right, and, and I wish I'd, I... I get that now. I get that. I'm a slow learner, I think. No, I just think it's, but, it's, just, it's, it's just... You invest so much time and effort into those boxes with those bees, and you yeah. think, right, okay, well, I don't, want to, I don't want to split it up. I've just spent a whole year mm. building them into this big, strong, powerful, lovely, tempered productive hive mm. and then you've got an idiot like me going yeah you split it up <laughs> take all the boxes apart but it's true but i mean you know if you've got a few nice queen cells you might think well i'll make a couple of nukes that why not and they can only they only have to be two or three frame nukes to rear a queen so anyway paul here's a question for you oh dear. how many queen cells do you leave one i used to leave two because mm. people go we'll have a spare um but then i found it swarms twice yeah <laughs> I have one, and because I've moved, my thinking is because I have the queen in a nuke. So when we say nuke the queen, we don't mean kill it, we mean put it in a nuke. <laughs> I've, I've said nuke the queen to someone before, and they look at me very strange. What do you mean nuke Actually, it? Actually, yeah, we've, yeah. yeah. Put the queen in the nuke. Um, what, what, so, so my mind, I have that queen in a box, in a productive hive. Um, if for some reason the, the queen cell that I've left is dud, and, and it doesn't it doesn't emerge, doesn't raise it, raise it, doesn't mate, doesn't start laying. Uh, within six weeks, I can put the just reunite reunite it. them. Yeah, so, and, and they won't swarm. It's a great insurance that. policy. It is, yeah. So do you you do it in the way that I described <laughs> yeah, in I a find broken fashion? So you use the nuke as well. So begin, a poly nuke. Beginning of the yeah. season, I take uh, all the nuke. I take one nuke per hive, and I just stack them up in my apiary. Um, but this, you know, this week I had bees move into it, so they're doing their own splits now. I've trained them really well, right? So they do their own splits. 
<laughs> good genes. So, great, I'm going to breathe from that one, a highly trained bee. Did you have a word with them? I did, yeah. I said, look, if you're in the swarm, go in that one because it's the lowest and it'd be easy to pick up. So I, I, move, I, move, all the, I move all the nukes uh, in, in spring into the apiary and I have one nuke per hive. I've never used all of them because um, sometimes some hives don't swarm that often. Mm. Um, and then when I'm doing my inspection... I just carry this nuke around with me and then you do your inspection. If I see the queen, if I do see the queen, sometimes I put in the nuke anyway on the frame and just leave Actually, her in there while I do good, the queen yeah. inspection. Put the lid back on so you I know, know where, where she, she is. is. Yeah. Do my inspection. And that's that way if point. I do find especially this time of year, if I find if I find a swarm then because sometimes like I've got one queen we were breeding from um, last week. She's marked, but it's almost rubbed off. So if I had a nuke mm. with me then, I would have put in the box, done my hive inspection, remarked her. Mm. So I just find it useful to put them. If you see them, put them in the queen, put them in a the box. Go through the hive, find the queen, put it in a box. Don't find a queen, find a queen cell. Then you've got the problem of finding the queen. Right, okay, I've got to find and that's, that's just You're there for hours trying mm. to find the queen. Um, that's why you mark them. <laughs> that's why you mark them. Mm. Um, and then I just, I just raise just raise them for the nukes. So yeah, I do what you do. I put a frame of bees in, another frame of bees. I put um, some food in. There's three frames, and then you know, foundationless. Close the lid on. Uh, if I've got a feeder, I've normally got feeders there. Why I put the little. So we use uh, poly nukes in the UK. Yeah. And and many of them come with a uh, high top feeder integrated, so you can just put the high top feeder on. So I keep a feeder and some food they work really well I think really good mm. and then I just feed them so they and what you find is those bees emerge they draw those wax out and within if now it's now May by the end of June you've got a full six frames say, they're really fast it's amazing how they build up because my yeah my two or three frame nukes are now ready to be hived yeah so and then you can decide fun, what you want to do actually. right you can say right okay well, I, I'm going to raise queens from that one then you could do a more splits, right? Mm. Or you can go, oh, actually, that's a... I mean, it's just having a nuke with a queen in it. It's just the most... It's a Swiss army knife for beekeeping. It's, it feels good, doesn't it? It's like having money in the bank. Yeah. A feeling I don't know, because I'm a beekeeper. But, you know, no, it is. it does feel really good. You feel like you've... You've got most situations covered if you've got some spare queens around. Yeah, so that's the technique. I know we both use a swarm control, which we, we take the queen out, put her in a nuke, Put some other things and take her away. The the so the only the only real difference and approach between that and the artificial swarm I can really come up with is by putting the laying queen back in the original site, they can start laying again quickly. By taking the queen out of the original site, the original site's not gonna have to see new new brood for about six weeks. And that's the only real difference. So it depends what you're trying to do. If you want to keep that hive super productive. You, you're either going to start because I know people who take frames of brood out of the nuke and put them in back in the hive. So as she starts laying, they use that as a donor nuke. Mm. But that's what you're going to see. I think in the production, if you're trying to do a production hive and you do an artificial swarm, um, to be honest, I'm not. I'd be interested to notice if there's any studies around how productions impacted because by taking the, all the brood out of the hive, they're not getting new bees. Mm. they're not getting out a constant couple of thousand bees being born every day mm. so I don't know but that's that's the you ever a discussion with someone who's really into the Pagden method that's what they say is that well hang on you've taken the laying queen out of the production hive therefore it can't make any more bees in that hive until it's mates yeah that and that's 
That's true, but I find by the time they swarm, the colony has built up sufficiently to to keep production going through the spring flow while the new queen mates, and then you've got yeah. the June gap anyway, and then they build up again in time for the main flow. I mean, that that's what I've found. But, I mean, you know, I think you just hit... Well, when you said that a colony that doesn't have a queen will not swarm, I think that's the most mm. important thing. By taking you out, you're ensuring that you're... you're that's the first step in ensuring they won't swarm and you won't lose half your bees. Yep. And the second thing is to carefully, carefully check for queen cells more than once. That's the key. That will stop. And don't leave. I mean, I'm, I, this is, I know it's contentious, but I would never leave two queen cells. No, I don't either. Because they cast. I mean, I, I've never had a queen go and sting the other queen. They just seem to, like I said, you they may have, You may not know it. But they... they so true, yeah. that's true. So my, yeah... But they can, they can come. My epiphany, because I, I, I was talking to a bee inspector and I said, I can never get artificial swarms to work. And he said to me, so when you close the lid after you found the, the cell, when do you come back? I said, I'll leave you for a couple of weeks. He went, there you go. And yeah. then he explained to me, he said, you've put a box with no queen full of eggs with bees. What do you think they're going to do? Oh, yeah, okay. They're going to raise queen cells. He said, exactly. He said, if you open that box up again five days later and pull out a frame, you'll find the frame with the eggs on just covered in emergency swarm cells mm. and that's exactly what happens right so yeah <laughs> oh, okay that makes sense yeah but it's a good way of raising queens so if you want to raise queens from those cells yeah you'd be great so that so that was it's my not epiphany. all drama is it i mean swarms are they're they are they do generate resources in terms of queen cells that you can use in other places and also i mean the whole process is fascinating so so swarming with swarming and starving were the two things I always worried about so starving I don't worry about anymore because I've got that done um, the swarming now is now I use now I use the method I use which is taking the queen out and putting a nuke and then going back a week later and banging down all the cells when I see a swarm cell now I'm not worried no as long as I've got the nuke if I've got a nuke on, on the site on, I just kick myself but I have <laughs> so got the nuke put it in the nuke close the lid go through the hive knock down all the cells keep the one you want, go back the next week. You leave it a week, it takes nine days. Yeah. Go back, knock them all down again, close the lid. You can leave that hive now for a good month. Mm. Um, open it up. If you can't see the queen, I'll leave it a little bit longer. There's, I can't remember, I think it's 40 days mm. when they're, they're, they're incapable of mating. Um, if you don't see a queen after that period, just reunite it with the now full nuke you'll mm. have with the old yeah. queen and Bob's your uncle. But I, I used to, um, like, you know, you'd find the first queen cell and then you get that feeling of, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I would just think, well, I'll just knock them all down yeah, and maybe that. they'll change their mind. Maybe they're not really swarming. And then I, I learned pretty quickly that when they start making queen cells, they are going to swarm. You can't well stop them producing queen cells. And the other problem with knocking all the queen cells down is you don't know if the queen's left. Absolutely. <laughs> Very, absolutely are they queenless so i have done that i've knocked all the cells down and then after i've knocked them all down i thought actually, i actually haven't seen the queen yet it's like, uh, actually that is oh. really important <laughs> like, why are they building queen cells is it because they're queenless or is it because they're preparing to swarm yes i think that's yeah because we knocked one down last week mm. didn't we and it was like mm, let's oh knock god it down. Should we have done? yeah 
Well, we had eggs, right? So she was released there three days ago. Yeah, and they could have made more. And they could have made more. But, I mean, it was almost like... But it was a scrubby one, so I wasn't that bothered. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a very good one. But I think when I learnt... I learned swarm control, you know, you'd go to the teaching apiary and it was almost like as soon as you found that first cell, knock it down. And it took me a while to realise that obviously in doing that, your there are implications, beyond, you know, there could be queen. I, what you just said, basically. <laughs> the thing so is, there's important. no problem. When you're doing the inspection, there's no problem that's so urgent you have to fix it then you can close a lid and then get your smartphone out and google it if you want and then yeah. go back to it as as long as you've got the tools available to deal with. i mean i mean i i can't overemphasize how important it is to put a nuke an empty nuke have spare kit where yeah. your bees are as long as you've Absolutely. got a spare kit and the internet you can close it go sit down google it make a plan up and go back you don't have to do anything so there true and this year has kind of, it's been a bit of a revelation to me about how easy swarm control can Lovely, be. Isn't it, Simply because I had everything there up at my apiary. I had enough equipment. It was clean. It was painted. It's all ready to go. Sure so I was like, oh, yeah, well, I've never <laughs> had time to do it um, before this year. But, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I just need to just move the queen in here. And it's so drama free. Um, but I am going to mention, very briefly... You're pointing the finger now, so it's something important. <laughs> I don't know why I'm pointing at you. Because um, it's not your fault. Uh, <laughs> clipping queens. So this is something I do for swarm control. You clip other people's... It's like a real hobby for you. It's big. <laughs> you go around and clip It's almost else's. therapeutic. I don't know if it's therapeutic for the queen. And, you know, I... It's not something that I thought I would have the confidence to do mm. but when i moved my bees to an apiary where the public is there a lot um i had to make sure i was swarms weren't going off and hanging around in trees and freaking people out um and i was so worried about upsetting the landowner that i did start clipping my queens and it's a bit of belt and braces i guess because i do all the swarm control and i don't have swarms go off anymore but if i did if something happened and a swarm did go off the bees would at least come back to the hive. So explain what clipping, because I think people think, some people think if you clip the queen, it stops them swarming, but it doesn't, doesn't it? It so, doesn't swap them so swarming. So explain what it does. So you take it, the tip of one of her wings off. Yeah. Just the very tip. And it means she she can't fly up into this, she can't fly as part of the swarm. She can only fly around in circles um, because of her uneven wings. And they tend to drop to the grass and then obviously oh it's amazing all the pheromones that go on in a swarm that keeps the swarm together the bees quickly realize the queen's not there and because you know her pheromone is not there and they often settle somewhere for a while and then kind of go oh my god we better go back to the hive which is what they do so all the bees come back so in that situation you have lost your queen which is not you know it's not a, that's not a good outcome not but it's better than losing half your bees as well and causing a nuisance to other people who then stress you out. Yes. Um, but, so but I mean, so the point there is, is when you clip them, it gives you, it's essentially a safety net for swarming, so it, mm. you don't lose the bees. However, you still need to do swarm control. Absolutely. <laughs> so you still need to go back and go through that hive and go, okay, well, they've swarmed, I've lost the queen, 
Because then you'll find big, fat, juicy queens. And loads of them. And you have to do the same thing about picking one and knocking them down. Yeah. Or you split it. It's up to you. And again, to come back to your wiser words. Yes. I really like the way you put it. Uh, um, A colony without a queen will not swarm, but it will produce queen cells. Lots of them. And you do not want more than one left because you'll have multiple queens coming out and they may all choose to leave with some of the bees. And I I have heard some people say that some colonies just seem to swarm and then cast and cast and cast until there are hardly any bees left. I've had that. I've had a really Mm. strong, very strong uh, hive. Um, just swarm out, right? They just swarm and swarm and swarm until eventually they weren't a viable. Mm. I'm not even sure there's a queen in it in the end. And it, I don't know, maybe it's that type of bee, maybe it's the genetics. I just think entirely uh, anecdotal. It just seems if you've got a really big, strong hive and lots of resources, and they kind of think to themselves, well, why, why only swarm once? <laughs> Let's go for it. Uh, yeah. So I'm not sure that, like, I, I think they do, I think queens do kill other queens. I think it's still yeah, yeah. observable fact. But I think if you've got a big modern hive and it's strong, there's so many queen cells in there, there is a good chance that the first one will just fly off. Because mm. you get, um, so a cast swarm is an unmated queen, isn't yeah. it? So if the virgin queen flies off, they find a new house and then she goes out and mates. Yeah. So That's what I've got. I've got the big one I collected yesterday was actually a cast because there was originally a clipped queen in that colony that I clipped. Oh, okay. So I know she was clipped. And they've obviously swarmed, the prime swarm, the first swarm. She's dropped down. They've gone back. They've in. gone back. And then the first unmated queen to emerge from all the queen cells that were left in that colony and not knocked down. Oh, blimey, there's loads of bees here. Let's they've go. all taken off. It was yeah. massive. But, I mean, you know, sometimes you don't lose the queen, actually. What has happened is she'll drop to the grass and crawl under a hive and then you'll get a big ball of bees hanging under. Mm. So, you know, sometimes I haven't lost my queens. But I know know people have differing opinions about uh, queen clipping, but I think it works really well for me. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm going to put bees in my back garden. I live in an urban London-y area. It's not... I don't want to have conversation with my my neighbour about bees hanging off their roof. So mm. I'm going to well, do. I clip all the queens. So if I make a mistake, my neighbours aren't going to suffer. It's a safety net, but you still have to do the swarm control. That's the thing. Like you're saying, you know, yeah. you're absolutely right. It's not a substitute for an artificial swarm. No, you or splitting the it, colony. Yeah. yeah. And and the and the other thing we clink, we'll put a link in there's loads of videos on YouTube how to clip queens. Um but the best thing is you can practice on drones. So you can pick the little suckers up, uh, oh, hold them drones. like a queen. Ugh, they look like moths. Okay. <laughs> Random. I hate moths. Um you can pick the you can pick the drone up, hold it like you would hold a queen and just practice clipping, you can practice marking. Um you know. They're, they're just sacrificing themselves for your practice, really. It makes if if you're going to practice, you make sure it's a mark. Yeah, clip a bee, it's going to And you've you've got to be prepared to destroy them, to squash them afterwards. Why? Because if you're practicing marking drones, yeah. you can't just put them back in the colony because then you come back to inspect and you've got. Oh, I do. You know, twelve queens running around. Oh, I do. <laughs> I just put them back in. I just let what them go. What looks like 12 queens, not 12 yeah. queens. 
So that's, I think it's swarming covered, isn't it? Swarming, artificial swarming. I think you yeah. always talk about the Chuck Norris part of beekeeping, swarm collecting. Yeah, I mean, oh God, what's to say about that? It's, every swarm is different. I love collecting swarms. I find it really exciting. It's like getting a, it's like unwrapping a present. You just, you know, and you just don't know. You get there and it's like, where are they? Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think the main thing is that you know if you've got the queen or not. And when I collect a swarm, I have a cardboard box and a sheet and I spread the sheet on the ground and I get as many bees into the box as I can by whatever method, whether it's cutting branches or shaking them or whatever. Um, turn the box upside down and like prop one corner out and the bees start fanning and it's fascinating. They all just march in to the box. If the queen's in there, I mean, it never fails to amaze me because you just think, you know, then the, the, the person whose house it is that you collected the swarm from will come into the garden and where there was this massive ball of bees, there's just a few flying bees in this box wrapped up in a sheet and they say how like how do you do that and you just think i just don't know i didn't do anything i just it's fascinating watching them walk into a box is always really pretty cool you just realize how lazy they actually are it's like fly no i can't be why honest. do they walk in they're lazy it's a lot of energy to use your wings yeah i because i've seen Don't i've seen not. you know very experienced beekeepers rehiving swarms and they get all the bees to walk up like a little runway into the Well, it's interesting. Hive. There's two methods. That there's the, uh, the the British method, which is you put a, a, a plank or a sheet at an angle and they walk up into the hive. Um, I've got a book on German beekeeping, where they put them at the same level and they put a little bridge and the bees walk across the bridge. Oh, that's so <laughs> Which is pretty cool. <laughs> I need to learn more about German techniques. I think they have some there's a really gorgeous called, stuff um, they do. I think it's called a, uh, Bees and Flowers, which is a translation of a German... I've got it upstairs in my beekeeping library. Um, yeah, so you, you collect them with a box. I collect them with a nuke. I'm lazy yeah. than you. I, I, no, I shake actually, them into a box and I put the foundation and close the lid. Well, actually, no, I would have... Yesterday I was thinking, wish I had a pollen nuke, but I didn't have a spare one, so that's why I've got this... It's a bit dirty, this old box I've been using now for swarm collection. Um, but yeah, I think the putting them into a polynuke is ideal because then you don't have to rehive them. But actually, when I when I hive a swarm, which I did last night, I just shake them in to the hive. I don't I don't have time for them to walk up. So no, I, I just, just shake them in as well. Yeah. Okay. 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 I shake. Them I wasn't in sure if that was a bad I, thing to um, say. Well, so I get I leave them in the polynuke and I put the. So the poly we use we got disc entrances. I put the queen. I put it on the queen excluder setting to stop her coming out. Although if she swarms, she's probably thin enough to squeeze through there, um, mm. and then feed it, and I come back in a couple of weeks and just check because because they'll build up once they're in there. Mm. I'll come back the next day. They're either they're either gone or they're still in there. Yeah. So I just I just don't bother inspecting them. So if they're gone, they're gone because they sometimes swarms just don't like the house you're giving them. And they just want to swarm. Yeah, and then I and then I lock them up and move them to my garden, leave them in my garden for a couple of days, and then, go and then I move them back to where I actually want them to live. Oh, that's a good idea. So I can reposition them. Because there's loads of methods of moving hides, isn't there? But I, I've found the easiest one is to put them in a nuke. 
drive them to my house, leave them in my house for a couple of weeks, so mm. they, a couple of days, so they reorientate, go up there one night, like Friday night, close them up, move them to where they actually want to live on the Saturday, un- mm. un- unlock them, and they're happy. Mm. But that's um, a good, I might actually I might take that one up to the field. That one I collected last night. Maybe that's interesting. It might, you know, having if they have to reorientate themselves, yeah. maybe that makes them I don't, I don't, less I mean, likely that they're going to yeah. abscond. I've caught a swarm and taken it to the farm, which is about four miles away, and put them there, and they absconded. Oh God, I hate it when they do that. But actually, what I did do last night, and I did and that do was a this, bugger to catch because it was in a tree, uh, and I was there shaking this tree branch oh like a God. lunatic. I tell you, I suffered for that one yesterday. If they leave, I mean, it was it was like some kind of penance because I was like crawling on my knees like some pilgrim over stones <laughs> while being prickled by a holly bush. It was, was it it burning? really, do you know, <laughs> I couldn't see a thing through my veil. I ended up like biting my veil between my teeth so I could try to see through it. I was not in a good mood. And it was in the morning as well and I'm just really not a morning person. But anyway, I really want to keep the beads if I can. So when I hived them... I put a queen excluder between under the, the floor box. and the box. Yeah, that's yeah, another good way. But of course, she's not mated, so mm. and she could probably. So that means she could probably get through it. But also, it means I need to take it out pretty quickly. Try yeah. to get them settled and we take could it lock out. them in. You could just lock them in. For I thought of that. You know, I feed them so they start right, making wax. Maybe but, I should lock them in then. Well, if she's gone. She's gone by now, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, I did stuff grass into the entrance. Oh, okay, that's another good way of bl- making yeah, blocking mm. the entrance. I haven't fed them just yet. I, but I you're right, to, I, could, yeah. I could um, do Actually, it. Actually, we didn't talk about our weather, do we? We'll do that when we close, because <laughs> it's been painful. Um, yeah, so when you catch a swarm, swarm catching is really easy. Um, it is easy, actually. My only warning is don't get obsessed with catching a swarm and... Uh, you know, climb up a tree yeah. or hang out the window. I've seen swarms in very strange places that are just not worth catching. Yeah. And they go away anyway. After a couple of days, they fly off. <laughs> I, I, and then there's someone else's problem. No, I don't do high swarms. No. I won't. I just, I mean, you just can't risk it. So... I have a little ladder. That's the limit of my aerial swarm acrobatics. It's like if I have to go more than three steps out of that ladder, I'm not going to catch it. mm um, mm, that's a good measure. Yeah. I don't even have a ladder, but anyway. So yeah. you swarm them, you put them in a box, I put them in a nuke. Uh, they do abscond, so mm. I'm not. You can lock them in. You try lots of ways to stop them absconding, but they do sometimes abscond. Um, and they build really quickly. That's mm. the, that's the thing I love about swarms. You put a swarm in a full size box in a couple of weeks, that thing is just full. It's just full. Mm. They they draw out. They draw out comb like. Nothing. It's amazing oh, how much comb I've got to keep these, these bees, yeah. I need some bees to draw some comb because the others are all. Do you know how I get my bees to draw honey. comb? I, I take the frame in the middle of the box, the brood box, I take that frame out and I put an empty frame in, so I split the brood and I just move that, I move that, that frame to the outer edge of the brood box. I know people say don't split the brood. But they build that frame out perfect every time, yeah. really quickly, because they obviously want to lay there. So, boosh. so I, <laughs> and it's the warmest part of the hive as well to draw Yeah, wax. true. Yeah, actually. So I, I take the middle frame out and then replace it mm. with a, with an empty frame, and they build that sucker out really quickly. Yeah, 
That's a good one. I mean, I think I think splitting the brood is. I mean, I do it. It just. I mean, depends on what time of year you're doing it. If it's this time of year, I think it's not a problem. Well, if you've got two boxes, it's split. There's a gap between the brood frames anyway. I'm not sure why. Oh yeah, you've got you use double brood. Yeah. Yeah. You've got massive bees colonies. I don't know yet. We'll have to find out. Now I've got my mystery swarm. Um. So anyway, so that's our swarming talk. So we, we've gone through a couple of techniques. We'll put the links in there. But I think um, the tip would be check regularly. Um, Realise that you're not going to... If they want to swarm, you're not going to stop them swarming. Shake the frames, really. You, once you start shaking bees off frames, uh, you'll find you'll actually really understand what's happening on the comb because you'll be able to see it. Um Pick a method of swarm control and just stick to one rather than try every one. And remember, if they had eggs when you close the lid and haven't got a queen, you're going to have queen cells in the next couple of days, so go and knock them down. Um, swarm control, don't do not do what Tracy does. Don't swarm into a box. Take a nuke and don't do the extra work. <laughs> it's much more fun with the box. They're cheap. So are boxes. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm sure you've got a Harvey Nichols box. <laughs> Bollinger Box, <laughs> Fortnum and Mason. <laughs> um, May I add something? We didn't talk about timings, and I'm not going to do it now. Timings on what? Of uh, queen production. So when the cell is sealed, etc. But like when you were saying just then about inspecting regularly, I don't know if we said this, by regularly we mean every week, yeah. thoroughly. So it takes nine days to seal a queen cell from the time they start raising it. Yeah, or like you said, with that second round of cells they make, if they choose an older larva in an emergency, they can mm. make it. They can seal a queen in like five days. I found yeah. <laughs> with all my mistakes. So the theory is that when the cell, when the queen cell's capped, she flies off. Although it's quite common to find the queen in there even when it's capped. Yeah, if it's a big colony. Yeah. I'll tell you what we didn't talk about, which we better quickly cover. I'll let you cover it because you've done all the courses. Supersedure cells, the difference between a swarm cell and a supersedure cell. Go. Okay, so the difference between a swarm cell <laughs> and a supersedure cell. Okay, if your bees are swarming, there's, there's, the difference is crystal clear just because... No, let me go back. The difference is crystal clear <laughs> because if they're swarming, there will be lots of cells which are people say are around the edges of the frame and they mostly are around the edges of the frame around the bottom or the sides and there'll be lots of them and you know as Paul said there'll be lots of factors that kind of lead you to understand this woman because there'll be a flow and the, there'll be loads of bees and not a lot of space etc if it's a supersedure they will be I don't know less than five cells usually I find maybe two or three and they tend to be on the face of the comb. Um, these, but these rules don't always follow. But what I'm, there will only be a very small number of cells. The queen will still be there laying. Um, and in, and if the swarm cells are unsealed, obviously the queen will still be lay, there laying too. But there's a different feel to the colony. Everything's much more churned up. Yeah. The supersedure is much more calm. Supersedures often happen in autumn. Um, well, at the end of summer, actually. And, uh, and I have actually seen um, the, the queen and her daughter both in the same hive, both laying. 
Nice. I, I know. I'm, and it was amazing. It was in someone else's hive. They were both there on the same comb laying together. And obviously what the bees do is discreetly remove the old queen and let the new one kind of you carry on. It's a much more gentle process. Swarming is pretty yeah. full on. And, and um, supersedure cells don't look like emergency cells either, do they? They, no. they actually look like... They, what they look like is a swarm cell that's been glued to the middle of the frame. Yeah. They exactly. Don't, they don't look... Emergency cells look all stubby and little because they're... The larva's in the comb as well as out, whereas the yes. supersedure cells look like proper swarm cells. They're just in the middle of the frame. Supersedure cells, I think... I don't know, I've found they tend to be maybe a bit more handsome, kind of slightly bigger cells. I mean, swarm cells can be anything, and actually when you're knocking down cells, that's a point. Um, When you are shaking bees off the frame and you think you've got all the swarm cells, even something as small as like a little dimple can be a queen cell. It's unbelievable what they they do, you know, when they just want to build as many as they can mm. for as long as they can. They'll use larvae, which are, you know, maybe three days old. So, um, yeah, don't just think that when you're knocking down swarm cells, don't think they all look like, you know, the finger-shaped kind of strawberry dimpled kind of thing because they can look like other things as well. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Or do you think we've done our swarming... I think we've done. I think we've done swarming. Actually, I think we've done it. I think we've done it well. I'd like, to, I'd like to hope so. It's a it's a big it's a big topic, and we're not giving a lecture, so we can't kind of sit here and and present this very rational sequence. You do actually. You're good, whereas I tend to talk around something and then kind of come to the end of it and go, oh, actually, no. What I was trying to say was, but no. So I think I think we've done it. We're just talking about what we do. You've brought order to the chaos, definitely, as usual. And then, um, yeah, I think that's really important is for us to talk about what we do and not... What you should do. <laughs> and that's why I keep saying, in my opinion, because I know what works for me doesn't work for a lot of people. So there you go. Weather. Weather. Did oh, you yeah. want to say something about the weather? Well, so I think we started off um, in the spring saying, oh, you know, weather's great, it's, it's sunny... So South oh, things have been It was so out. good, wasn't it? It was. It stopped. It stopped raining. So it's it's, it's a little bit cold. But it's not too cold. It's not completely unseasonal. But it's very little rain. So it's warm. Mm. It's dry. No nectar. It's cloudy all the time. Tracy over here is obsessed with honey loaf. Well, it's interesting though because I assumed, having talked to other beekeepers locally, and also just knowing that a lot of plants don't secrete nectar if it's dry um i assumed there would be no honey so i didn't go up and soup for my colonies and i went up the other day for the first time in about 10 days and the brood nests are full of honey all right because of course they've they're all waiting for the queens to make because i'd split them so there are queens in there with nowhere to lay because everything's full of i couldn't believe it See, I take my supers up early and just put them on over a crown board. Oh, God, I should have done that. I just, I don't know why I didn't. You know why I didn't do it? Because no? they weren't painted purple. Okay. I had to paint them purple. And then that stopped me putting them on because I've been very disorganised. So there's a lot of honey in the brood so that should put, be in the supers. I don't know, but if you put a queen excluder over the brood, brood and then you put your supers, will they move the honey up? I've heard they I do. I don't know. I've, Let's try it out. Let's try out. it. Let's I imagine try. they will if they can't get the brood up there. 
So I need to get some comb into those colonies and foundation to build some space for the new queens to lay. Okay. But anyway, so, yeah, I, you know, drought conditions and nectar. Well, we're not in drought yet, but they're talking about it, aren't it's they? It's a bit dry. So apparently we're going to might a thunderstorm soon, so that'll be good. As long as it does snow. <laughs> it, I, I've learned to expect anything in this country. Well, we have weather here. You just have sun where you come from. We just have, yeah. It's the only thing I miss about Australia. No, that's not true. I didn't oh, mean it. All the Australian listeners now go, we don't miss you. <laughs> no, I know. Well, <laughs> don't worry. I know that. I know that from my family. Oh, <laughs> so, <God. laughs> right. But that's not what this podcast is. No, it's not. It's not, it's not therapy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame because it would be cheap. <laughs> but rubbish. <laughs> yeah, you'd be a rubbish therapist, that's true. Pull your socks up. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay then. So I think, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed our talk about swarming. Um, it shouldn't be a drama. It, when you first start, it absolutely is a drama, but you soon get over it. Find a system, stick to it. Follow that simple advice. Two ones really are shake the frames. Shake those frames. Shake it. <laughs> Uh, and separate the queen from the brood. So the show notes for this will be uh, on thebeehivejive.com slash five. You can email us uh, at thebeehivejive uh, at gmail.com. Uh, James uh, emailed us and he left us a very nice note saying he enjoyed the podcast. And he's thinking about doing his own podcast. What I'd say, James, is go for it, mate. Do a podcast. Um, don't... You know, Everyone likes listening to other people talking about their bees, so crack on. I'll, mm. I'll look forward to that. Um, you can you can talk to us on the Twitter. We're at the Beehive Jive, uh, and uh, that's it, really. Thanks, thanks for listening. Cheers. Bye. 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 Good luck. full Benny <laughs> is there an emoji for that <laughs> little fat bloke <laughs> being chased I don't even know I don't even want to think about what it might be <laughs>